Thank you, Pastor Jeremy, and thank you, worship team. Wasn't that great? Let's thank the worship team one more time. I can't imagine how much effort it takes to get all of this equipment out here and these cameras and these cords and what a Herculean effort it's taken to move from inside to outside. But isn't this wonderful? Look, the Lord is shining on the righteous. At least on this side, it looks like... I'm not sure about this side, but... Someone told me it's like this year-round here. Is that true? It's like this. It's like this. Uh, I texted my wife yesterday. My wonderful wife, Pam, works at Parkland Hospital in downtown Dallas. She takes care of the neonatal babies, the premature babies, the one-pound baby that you can hold in your hand. And she texted. I said, it's 75 degrees here in Midland. And she said, I'm so jealous. She texted a picture of the temperature, and she said, it's 106 here. And, but don't worry, that was just the temperature. The heat index, it was 111. So, I see why the geese come up here. It's nice and cool here. What a wonderful morning to worship and to look at God's Word just for a few minutes. What an honor for me to get to share here and to chat with Jeremy again and to catch up and to meet with Josh and Mike and some of the elders. And I want to talk about seeing clearly. And I brought some things here to show you. Maybe this has happened to you. When I turned 50 years old, I could not see the text here in my New American Standard Bible. Does this happen to any of you? The medicine bottles, you know what I mean? You start going, wait, wait, I can't see that. So yes, I got the reading glasses. And now I can see clearly. I can see the text. I can see the small print on the medicine bottles. Uh, Here's another way you can see clearly. These are special Oakley Prism sunglasses. Did you hear that? Oakley Prism sunglasses. Wow. It just makes the color pop. And they use these on the golf course. I love some golf And Jeremy drove me by yesterday, Midland Country Club. Wow, what a golf course. And I know they have a professional golf tournament there. And when you're on the greens and when you're looking at the grass, you can actually see the greens better. You can see the putt where it's supposed to go. These are not cheap sunglasses. And they help me to see clearly while I'm golfing. So I'm going to leave these up here, but I don't want anyone to take them, okay? Surely no one would steal some sunglasses at church. Now, look at these, though. These are even better. These are the Bushnell binoculars. And these I can use to see the geese. I can see you folks right there in the back row. Yes, I see you. Yep, I see them waving at me. They got here early to get those back row seats. (laughs) And these, if you need to see a long distance, like a football game or a basketball game or the geese way out there, you can use these to see very clearly. And in the passage today we're going to look at, I know we're in the series on Mark, you and I need to see accurately, we need to see clearly. It's a tragedy, isn't it, when someone can't see well. I'm thinking about the school kids who are back in school. I know some are online, some are on Zoom, some are on Microsoft Teams, some are face-to-face, but you remember the kid that used to sit in the back of the schoolroom and he couldn't see the chalkboard? You remember the chalkboard? Yeah, we'll tell you young kids later. There used to be a chalkboard, and the little kid in the very back would say, Teacher, I can't see. 
And it was such a tragedy, they would go get their eyes checked and get glasses. And then they would say, oh, wow, I can see now. And it's sad when someone can't see well, but it's even more tragic when we can't see Jesus Christ accurately. When we can't see the work that Jesus Christ is doing accurately, it's even more of a tragedy. Sometimes you and I, our view of Jesus becomes fuzzy and sometimes even inaccurate. And in this morning's incredible encounter, we're going to see someone who clearly saw Jesus for who he was, and he acted on that. We're going to ask and answer three questions this morning. First, are you sitting beside the road, kind of hearing about Jesus, kind of watching for Jesus? Number two, what do you want Jesus to do for you? A very powerful question. What is it that you want Jesus to do for you? And thirdly, we're going to close with this. Are you on the road walking with Jesus? If you have a copy of the scriptures, turn to Mark chapter 10. As you know, we're working our way through Mark in this series, Encounter the Incredible. And today is definitely going to be an incredible encounter in this story. Mark chapter 10, look at verses 46 to 52. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. In verse 46, you'll see where it says this guy Bartimaeus was sitting, what, by the road. Do you see it there? Everybody, look at chapter 10 of Mark, verse 46. I want everybody to be able to see this. You might have to look on with your neighbor. Thank you. Look on with the neighbor sitting next to you. This guy Bartimaeus was sitting, what does it say? By the road. That's very important. Mark uses these signposts, these markers, these key words to show us what's happening in this story. Bartimaeus, verse 46, was sitting by the road. Now let your eyes run down to verse 52. Verse 52. Bartimaeus began following him what? Shout it out. You see it there in verse 52? Immediately, Bartimaeus began following Jesus what? On the road, in the road. And you might say, come on, Dr. Pettit, that's a small difference. Not to Mark, not to the writer of this story. In Mark 8, we had another healing story. And Mark 10 is a second healing story of a blind man. A blind man in Mark 8 and a blind man in Mark 10. And it sets up the bookends for this middle section of Mark that's called On the Way. On the Way. And Mark says, if you're following me, if you're following Jesus... You're on the way with Jesus. You're not on the sideline. You're not out in the city. You're on the way. And as a matter of fact, the first Christians were called the way. That was the name of the Christians that were meeting. It was called the way. And Mark wants to show us here that in verse 46, Bartimaeus is an outsider. He's just sitting by the road. And by the end, in verse 52, he's on the road. He's with Jesus. So what happened? What happened between verse 46 and verse 52? How did Bartimaeus get from being sitting beside the road to on the road walking with Jesus? We're going to figure that out today in this passage. Did he do something amazing? Did he fast for 40 days? Did he memorize the whole book of Mark? What did Bartimaeus do that put him from sitting beside the road to walking with Jesus on the road? 
You see, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. You Bible students, you Bible scholars, you that sit here under the preaching of God's word every Sunday, you know Jesus was ready for the triumphal entry. However, he wasn't entering the royal city as a conquering military hero on a white horse. (laughs) We sometimes long for that, don't we? If we just had a leader that could get us out of 2020, hasn't 2020 been interesting? I heard about the flood that happened here. Wow, that was the start to your 2020. And then this, the coronavirus. Who thought we would be sitting outside wearing masks? And we sometimes wonder and long for some individual that could get us out of all of this. But Jesus wasn't entering Jerusalem as a conquering hero, a military on a white horse. He was coming in, as he had predicted in Isaiah, as a suffering servant on a lowly donkey. Some in the crowd, though, some in the crowd that were following, they thought, I'm one of his loyal disciples. I'm going to be able to sit on Jesus' right hand, and I'm going to be able to sit on Jesus' left hand. And Jesus looked at some of his disciples, and he said, what do you want me to do for you? The exact same question we're going to see today. And those disciples answered wrongly. They said, I want a position of preeminence. I want a position of power. I want a position of glory and honor and authority. So let's look at these three questions. Number one, are you sitting beside the road hearing about Jesus? Look at verse 46 to 48. Read it along with me. And they came to Jericho. And as he was going out from Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Are you just sitting beside the road like Bartimaeus, hearing about Jesus? Now that's an interesting name, isn't it? Timaeus means honor. Timaeus means esteem. And so to see him sitting like this is very, very ironic. What's what's the son of honor? What's the son of esteem sitting here doing, sitting beside the road? He's blind and he's just begging. I've heard all weekend about Mr. Dow. What was his name? Henry Harold Dow. Is that it? Huh? Herbert Henry Dow. Wow, so long ago, and yet we, we all know his name, Her, Herbert Henry Dow. Now there's honor. A lot of you in this room work for Dow. A lot of you watching online work for Dow. 150, 200 years later, we're still benefiting the gardens, the homes, the jobs that he provided. What an honor to be Mr. Dow. And here, even longer, 1,500 years ago, not 150 years ago, but 1,500 years ago, we're still talking about Bar Timaeus, the son of honor. Now, that word bar is interesting because it means son of. So whenever you see the bar, you say son of. And we say, that's kind of weird. I mean, Simon Bar Jonah. So Jonah's father was who? Hello, is this working? Let me do that again. If you saw Simon... Bar Jonah, Simon, Bar Jonah, who was 
Simon's son. Yes. And if you saw Simon, Bar, Jonah, who was Jonah's father? Yeah, that's what Bar means. You guys are sharp. Now, you say, that's kind of weird. But how many of you have son after your name? There's Thompson and Johnson and Henderson. It's the same concept. Anybody here in the room? Anybody here on the, the great lawn? Anybody here have son at the end of their name? Thompson, Johnson. Oh, look at the hands going up. Henderson, Peterson. It's the same thing. You were the son of John, so you're Johnson. You're the son of Thomas, so you're Thompson. Well, Bar Timaeus did not live up to his father's legacy. Timaeus meant honor and esteem and glory. And look at Bar Timaeus sitting beside the road begging. But even though Bartimaeus was blind, he could hear really well. He probably sat there begging. I like this tarp right here because it's probably a big representation of the cloak he was sitting on. You know, they would sit out on the edge of the city and they would have that cloak around them. And he could hear when someone dropped a shekel. He could hear the news of the day. He could hear when the crowd was going by. Sometimes God gives those kinds of gifts, someone who's blind, but yet they can hear really well. And unfortunately for Bartimaeus, not only was he blind, doubly hindered, he was also very poor. Wow. The blind beggar Bartimaeus. It had become his identity. It's who he was. His cloak he put on every day reminded him, this is my uniform. This is what I wear to go down to town and beg for money. Begging for money. And Jericho was a wealthy city. They had date palms and figs and olives. I've been impressed as I've driven through Midland. I flew in, I thought, this place is so green. Everything here seems so green to me because I'm in dry, brown Texas. And there's so many trees here. The trees here are so big. The tree, a lot of the trees in Texas are small unless they've been there for like 200 years. And then they're old and tall and ready to fall apart. The, there's so many trees here. I just drove around last night and it's green everywhere. And there's trees everywhere. And there's fruit and vegetables here. Don't even get me started on the cherries. And there was a wealthy town just like Jericho. So where do you go if you're blind? Where do you go if you're a beggar? Where do you go if you have no honor? You go to Jericho and you sit out by the gate. Now, he's got to be able to stand up, doesn't he? He's got to be able to walk on the way with Jesus. How is this going to happen? Is he going to raise enough money begging so that someday he raises so much money begging that Jesus says, now you're ready to follow me? No. Even though Bartimaeus was blind, secondly, he also understood who Jesus was. He understood who Jesus was. Look what he says. Jesus of Nazareth, son of David. Wow. That was a messianic title. Son of David isn't just some nickname he throws out. He's saying, you're the Messiah, Jesus of Nazarene. There are lots of people who are claiming to be the Messiah. But Bar Timaeus, the blind beggar, he put two and two together. He heard the talking about how maybe Jesus had done some healing. He had heard the talking about how Jesus had healed the blind. And you know, he took that into his heart and he said, maybe, maybe it could happen to me. Maybe Jesus would stop just long enough to see me. And I know some of you maybe feel like that today. There are people here on the lawn that are taking care of elderly parents. 
elderly parents. And what an honor that you take care of them and you nurture them and you provide for them and you go and visit them. Some of them, maybe even you live with them and care for them every day. And Jesus sees you doing that. And some of you have toddlers. You have two-year-olds and three-year-olds. My wife and I have been blessed with five kids. And now, in the last couple of years, two grandkids. What a blessing. We have little Nora Faith and little Hudson Lee. And a couple of nights ago, I was taking care of them. And I forgot about how hard it is. It was bath time. And you think, oh, bath time? How hard can it be? (laughs) Bath time. It's fun time. Oh, my goodness. There's the right shampoo and the right night clothes and the right sleep sack and the right bedtime story. And, and do that night after night after night. And it's not that fun anymore. And you start to say, does anybody know what I'm going through? Does anybody see me here? Jesus, do you see what I'm doing, taking care? And I want to honor you that are providing daily care for maybe an elderly parent or maybe a youngster or maybe even a teenager. Maybe you're providing for a teenager and you don't get much thanks from a teenager, do you? I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, hey, teenager, move out now while you still know it all. (laughs) I heard a story the other day of a teenage guy that was really obnoxious and he was really starting to talk back a lot to his parents. And he said, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of everybody telling me what to do. I'm going to go out and be on my own. I'm going to do my own things. I'm going to go and and no one's going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to join the Marines. And I know not all the teenagers here are like that, but some of you are. And Bartimaeus was blind, but he didn't let the crowd stop him. The crowd who was following Jesus, they should have known, shouldn't they? They were coming down from Capernaum. They were coming down from the Sea of Galilee. They were going to Jerusalem. And it happens that they had to go through Jericho. And maybe a crowd this size... I want you to visualize it with me. Maybe a crowd this size. And you're coming down from the hill of Capernaum. You're coming down from the Sea of Galilee. And you're going through Jericho. And here's blind Bartimaeus right here on his mat. And what does he do? He says, this is my chance. This may never happen again. Jesus is going to die on the cross. Jesus is going to give his life for all humans. And Bartimaeus says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to shout out. And he says, Jesus, the Nazarene. Son of David. And some in the crowd, what did they say? They said, oh, you're right. Yes, let, let, come on, let's go see Jesus, right? Is that what they did? What does it say? They rebuked him. They rebuked him. They dishonored him. They said, shut up. We don't need a blind beggar like you joining this esteemed crowd of Jesus followers. <laughs> Bartimaeus, we all know who you are. You sit here every day. You don't need to get into this esteemed company of Jesus followers. We're on our way to Jerusalem. We're on our way to rule and reign. Who knows that we might not get a position of power with Jesus. And so they said, shut up, Bartimaeus. We don't need you. Isn't that tragic? But then what does Jesus say? Look at verse 49. Look at it with me. Put your finger on it. Verse 49, and Jesus stopped. Circle that. Jesus stopped. In a crowd like this, 
coming down the hill. Jesus stopped right over there. And he heard, didn't he? He heard someone shout out, son of David. And that must have hurt, hit his ears. And he must have thought, who's, who's saying son of David? Who's calling me the Messiah? Who knows what I'm getting ready to go through? And he says to the crowd, call him here. And look at the switch in the crowd. You see it, the reversal in the crowd. What was the crowd doing just a minute ago? rebuking Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, we don't need you. We don't need some blind beggar in this crowd. And Jesus says, call him here. And what is it? look at what the crowd says. Look at it with me. Oh, yeah, sure. Come on, Bartimaeus. Yeah, I was just going to call you. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I'm following Jesus. And, you know, he wants to see you. So have courage. Be of good cheer. Get up. Come on. <laughs> do you see the reversal there? And you and I, we do that, don't we? I know I'm guilty of that. I'll see someone. I'll say, you know, Should I spend time with them? I mean, do I need to hang out with them? And Jesus says, do you see the people that I especially came for? In Isaiah, he says, I came to bind up the brokenhearted. I came to set free the captives. I came to give sight to the blind. I came to proclaim the day of the Lord. And we need to see accurately We need to see the same way Jesus sees. And we need to see the way Bartimaeus saw. Do you guys have a Chick-fil-A here in Midland? What? Have you heard about Chick-fil-A? God's chicken for God's people? I love me some Chick-fil-A. And those people, man, they, I don't know if they're brainwashed or if they train them this way or what, but they're always like, hey, can I take your tray? I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, my pleasure. Who teaches them that? Can I take your, can I give you a refill on your drink? I'm like, yeah, go for it. Come and wash my car. I mean, this guy's amazing. And and when my kids were little, I would say, hey, watch this. I'm going to say thank you. And they're going to say my pleasure. And my little kid was, what? I'm going to say thank you. And then they're going to say my pleasure. And they're going to go, no. And I go, yeah, can I have a refill? And they go, yeah, sure. And I'd say, thank you. And they'd say, what? Louder. My pleasure. And my little kids would always go, how did you know that? How did you know they were going to say that? I said, I've been here before. You and I, let's take on the attitude of those Chick-fil-A employees. Coming here to see Jesus this morning, aren't you? You didn't come here just to see the sunshine or to hear some amazing music or to watch someone talk. You came here to interact with Jesus. You came here to have a divine encounter. You came here to have an incredible encounter. And Jesus says, if you want to have an encounter with me, see the way I see. Serve the way I serve. Even if it involves suffering. On the road to the cross. Don't overlook people like this. And you see the good news there. 51 and 52 is which I close with. He says, immediately, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What a question. What do you want me to do for you? It's incredible. It's amazing. Sometimes you might make a study of just simply the questions that Jesus asked. (laughs) What a crazy question, right? You guys, you Lobdell boys, look. You know what the answer is, right? He wants to see, of course. Why didn't Jesus just go, all right, you need to see. I'm in a hurry. I'm on my way to the cross. Let's get this over with. We need to do a quick healing here. It's kind of like healing number 17. All right, Bartimaeus, you stand up. I heal you. We keep this thing moving. 
No. Jesus says, Bartimaeus, son of honor, I see you here. I see you begging. I see you every day, Bartimaeus. But I'm going to ask you, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And what would you say to that? Don't answer that one out loud. Think about it. Friend, what do you want Jesus to do for you? What's your answer? Say it in your heart. He knows. He sees you here this morning. He sees you. He knew 1,500 years ago we would be together on this lawn in Midland, Michigan, in this beautiful sunshine. And he's passing by right now. He's here. Do you believe that? He's here right now and he sees you. He sees you when you're taking care of your toddler. He sees you when you're serving your elderly parents and you're honoring them. And he sees you when you're in your pain. Interestingly enough, it says Bartimaeus threw off his coat. And a lot of scholars just say, well, you know, that can mean a lot of different things. But conservative Bible scholars say that his coat had become his identity. It's who he was. His, his, it was his uniform. It was like he took off his uniform. He said, I can't take this anymore. I'm, I can't sit here and beg and, and listen to people and, and have people step on me and have people spit on me. And when I try to come to Jesus, they say, stay away, blind beggar Bartimaeus. You don't add anything to our group. I can't take it anymore. Because the Bible says immediately he took off that uniform. And immediately he rose up. And immediately he saw Jesus. And Jesus says, have courage. Your faith has made you well. How did Bartimaeus get from sitting beside the road to walking on the road? The answer is his faith. His faith made him well. And not his faith in jumping up, not his faith in getting enough coins, not his faith in being the best beggar in Jericho. His faith in Jesus, son of David. He said, even if I'm in the midst of coronavirus, I trust you, Jesus. Even if I'm in the midst of the dam breaking and the city flooding, Jesus, I'll follow you. Jesus, you know what I'm going through and I trust you fully. Immediately, he started following. Jesus said, go your way. Do you see it there? Jesus said, go your way, Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus must have said, how, how can I leave you, Jesus. I'll follow you and you alone. Where am I to go? I've gotten rid of my uniform. I'm done with that. I left it back on the pallet. And I want to join this crowd. Now, did Bartimaeus know what he was getting into? Maybe not. Bartimaeus maybe didn't know that what was ahead was suffering and the cross and humiliation. Jericho was five miles west of the Jordan River. It was just six miles north of the Dead Sea. By God's grace, I've been to Jericho four times. It's a prosperous city, but it's dry and it's hot like Dallas, Texas. But it's an all day walk from Jericho all the way straight up to Jerusalem. And he joined that crowd of people going up to Jerusalem. The city was prosperous. There were date palms. There were fig trees. There were many springs. It was an oasis. It was a spring in the middle of the desert. It was like Midland, a prosperous city. And Bartimaeus said, I'm following Jesus no matter what. 
I'm leaving all of that behind. Even though he was in the prosperous city, even though he had a good reputation of being one of the best beggars, even though people probably stopped and said, hey, there's Bartimaeus, I like to throw him a shekel. Bartimaeus left Jericho and his whole life changed. Let me ask you, have you ever heard of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow? Anybody? Oh, a few readers out here. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He lived and wrote in 1840s. He was easily the most famous American poet of the 19th century. He was known for such poems as Paul Revere's Ride. Oh, now you've heard of him. That's what I did when I read that. I was like, oh, I've heard of Paul Revere's Ride. He wrote that. The Song of Hiawatha. He wrote that. Evangeline, his most famous epic. And Henry Wadsworth Longfellow writes this in a letter to a friend. I was reading this morning, just after breakfast, the 10th chapter of Mark, in Greek. The last seven verses of which contain the story of blind Bartimaeus. And always, it seemed to me, remarkable for their beauty. At once, the whole scene presented itself to me in lively colors. The walls of Jericho. The cold wind blowing through the gateway. The ragged, blind beggar. His shrill cry. The tumultuous crowd. The serene Christ. The miracle. And these things took the form I have given them above. I have retained the striking Greek expressions of entreaty, comfort, and healing. And those three stages summarize our whole story today. Entreaty. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Comfort. Something that only Jesus can do. You're going to ask something of Jesus that only he can do. And then healing. Jesus can bring healing. Listen to this. This is what Henry... Wadsworth Longfellow wrote in 1842, Blind Bartimaeus at the gate of Jericho in darkness waits. He hears the crowd. He hears a breath. Say, it is Christ of Nazareth and calls in tones of agony. Jesus, have mercy on me. The thronging multitudes increase. Blind Bartimaeus, hold thy peace. But still, above the noisy crowd, the beggar's cry is shrill and loud until they say, Oh, he calleth thee. Have courage. Arise. He's calling you. Then saith the Christ, as silent stands the crowd, What wilt thou at my hands? And he replies, Oh, give me light. Rabbi, restore the blind man's sight. And Jesus answers, go your way. Your faith has saved you. Ye that have eyes, yet cannot see. In darkness and in misery, recall those mighty voices three. Jesus, mercy me. Courage, arise. He's calling you. And your faith has saved you. Henry Wadsworth. Longfellow from 1842. Well, I think Bartimaeus in that moment cried out something like this. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. You and I, we need to see Jesus 
accurately. Maybe you're a long way away from Jesus and you need something like these binoculars. We need to see Jesus clearly. Maybe your vision of Jesus has gotten a little fuzzy and you need a little bit of correcting. Jesus is not here to give us a life of ease and pure joy at all times. Sometimes he takes us through the hard places. Sometimes the lake empties out and the dam bursts and the city floods and the virus comes. And we say, Jesus, where are you? And Jesus says, I'm right here with you. I see you. I know what you're going through. Bartimaeus's hearing led to his believing. And his believing led to his seeing. Your faith has made you well. And his seeing led to his walking. I remember the story of a dad who was putting his son to sleep. You remember those days? And the little kids, they don't want to go to sleep, do they? They want to stay up. But this dad happened to be watching Sports Center, ESPN Sports Center. It's so exciting. Even when there's old games and it's reruns, we watch Sports Center. Even when there's no Big Ten football, let's watch Sports Center. And the little boy said, Dad, before I go to bed, can you bring me a drink of water? And the dad hollered up, No! I'm watching Sports Center. Go to bed. But you know how little boys are, right? A few minutes later, the boy said, Dad, even though you're watching Sports Center, can you bring me a drink of water? And the dad said, No, I already told you. We already put you to bed. I read you a story. Now go to bed. A few minutes later, the boy said, Dad, Even though you read me a story, even though you're watching Sports Center, can you bring me a drink of water? Boy, the dad had had it. You know what? That's it. One more time. One more peep out of you. And I'm coming up there and I'm going to wear you out. A few minutes later, the boy said, Dad, when you come up here to wear me out, can you bring me a drink of water? Bartimaeus was like that, wasn't he? He said, maybe this is my day. Maybe this is my moment. Jesus, the Nazarene, way up in the north, he's coming to Jericho. He's going to walk right by here, and I'm on my pallet, and I think I don't think I could walk to him. This is a big crowd right here, and I don't think I could push my way through the crowd, but God gave me this voice, and I'm going to use this voice, and I know who Jesus is. He's not some false Messiah. He's not some earthly king. He's God. He's the son of David. And and I think Bartimaeus said, this is my moment. This is my time. I'm going to shout no matter what it does to me. And he says, Jesus, the Nazarene, son of David. And that crowd said, shut up. Shut up. We don't need you here. Sit down. You know your place. You You know who you are. And Bartimaeus didn't let that stop him. He knew that Jesus was kind. He knew that Jesus was a suffering servant. He knew that Jesus saw. And he said, Jesus, son of David. And he probably even said it louder. Jesus, son of David. And Jesus said, stop. 
The whole crowd, just like I can see, just like an old comedy movie, must have been, whoa, we're stopping, we're stopping, everyone, we're stopping, Jesus is stopping. We're not sure what's happening here, it's just Jericho, but we're stopping. And Jesus says, call him here. And they must have said, who, 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 who? Jesus, of course, who do you want? Uh, what are you calling about? What, who do you want us to go get? And then they realized, he, he wants us to go get blind Bartimaeus. And so they brought him. They must have, oh, this is your day, Bartimaeus. Have courage. Be of good cheer, Bartimaeus. Here we go. I'm, we're taking you to Jesus. And you and I, we need to be like that crowd. Not the early crowd that rebukes people, but the later crowd that says, y'all are welcome. You're welcome to come and see Jesus. Let's go. And, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? I still can't get over this question. I've been studying it for two weeks. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? An open-ended question. And the disciples, just a chapter earlier, had said, oh, I want to sit on your right hand. And, I want to sit. and the disciples had been with Jesus how long? Three years the disciples had walked with Jesus. And they said, oh, I want to sit on your right hand in power. And I want to sit on your left hand in glory. Some of us have been tracking with a Savior for more than three years. And I know that so often I don't see Jesus accurately. But Bartimaeus said, I want to see again. I want the light. I want my sight. We're going to sing a song right now as the worship band comes back up. Do you believe Jesus is here right now? That was pretty weak, I'll have to admit. I thought this was Midland Evangelical Free Church. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is here right now? And he's saying to you, he's moving in our midst. He's moving in our midst right now. He's working in this place. Do you believe it? He's working in this place right now. This is not the Jesus of 2,000 years ago. Jesus is alive. And he's a way maker. That's what this whole passage is about. Bartimaeus got on the way. He got on the right way. Jesus is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He was the Messiah. He kept his promise. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He bound up the brokenhearted. And he brought in the day of the Lord. Now we're waiting for that final day of the Lord. We're waiting for that full consummation of the Lord. You might be here today and you say, I'm blind. Why can't I see? And someday, like Bartimaeus, can you imagine when Jesus healed him, the first face he saw was what? Say it. The first face Bartimaeus saw when he was healed was what? Wow. He must have said, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. Jesus is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's the light of the world. Sing it if you mean it. Sing it like you mean it. Stand and worship with us.
Right. 